0: Hey, everybody, it's Joe Diesel back here with you. Uh, we had such a great uh, response to the last show, we thought we'd continue it a little bit and just keep going over uh, movies of the 90s. Uh, let's see, uh, Jesse's supposed to be back here with us. We got, so let's see, uh I think this is him. Jesse, you there?
1: Yep, I'm right here, sir.
0: All right. Yeah, we had a great response to the last show. Um so we thought we'd uh, make a decade list. Each of us would make a decade list of our favorite movies of the nineties. Now uh <clears throat> let's look back at uh the nineties and we'll look at uh the top grossing films of the nineties. So we'll just uh I'll just read off here the top grossing films of the decade and then uh of the year just to see what uh what was there in the nineties. Uh Titanic, number one. This is uh domestic roles So uh Star Wars, episode one The Phantom Menace, be number two, Jurassic Park, Forrest Gump, The Lion King comes in at number five, Independence Day, The Sixth Sense, Hold Alone, Men in Black, Toy Story Two at number ten. Now uh looking at uh by year, we have Home Alone, and this lists some ties in this uh, list. Uh, Home Alone or Ghost. Uh, Terminator 2. Aladdin. Jurassic Park, 93. No one's surprised. Uh, Force Gump, 94 or Lion King. Uh, 1995 would be Toy Story or Die Hard. That's a good uh, double feature there. Independence Day, 96. Uh, Titanic 97 or Men in Black. I, I don't see how they could be tied, but they list it as a, a tie. <laughs> Saving uh, Private Ryan or Armageddon. Uh, and 99, uh, Star Wars or the Sixth Sense or Toy Story 2. Uh, that list comes off of fieldsite.org if you want to go look at that. Uh, I'm not sure why they're listing those as ties, but they do. You can see the... The decade of the 90s, there's a lot of great stuff there. You can see there's a lot of uh, different uh, genres on there. You have uh, some science fiction on there. You have some horror. You have some adventure films on there. You have uh, romance. So it really runs the the whole uh, gamut there of uh, movies. What, what do you think about that, Jessie? Uh
1: I will say this. I think every film that's all in those top tens for uh, grossing, None
0: of those are on any of my list. <laughs> None of them. Um, yeah, I don't think any of those are on my list either. Um, let me just go over this. This list is a just a little bit different but uh, in that it switches one. But this is from a different website. It lists uh, number one of the year, not of the year, but I mean, I'm sorry, of the decade. It will be uh, Titanic, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Independence Day. Lion King, Forth Six Sixth Sense, Lost World, uh, Men in Black, and Armageddon coming in at number 10. So that list is a little bit different. Um, that is from the uh, 90s exchange. But uh, it, even that one, uh, it, it's not that much different. It, it's still, there's a lot of different films on there. And looking back at the 90s, films and going through this list, just seeing what it was that came out, it just seemed like at least uh, when I was doing it, it seemed like 93, 94, 95 were just like movie after movie after movie. It was just wow. I can't remember uh, a grouping of years, even in the past 10 years that, to me, that has just hit like, oh, that movie was great and that was great and that was great. I I can't think of anything like that Uh, recently can you what do you think
1: uh, well there's nothing like that uh i i we were talking earlier i i think i uh this is the best decade of films i can remember in my lifetime so i mean even 93 94 95 97 was a great year 99 they were there are some really great years uh this is the
0: best easily the best decade of movies yeah i would agree so far Uh, yeah i mean uh to me, it was harder. I made a a two thousand list, you know, decade from two thousand to uh, two thousand and nine, and I think it was harder to make a nineties list.
1: Yeah, I I I I can't even fill up a top ten list for most of those years in two thousand because not. I mean, I saw movies, but there just
0: aren't ten great movies to put on those lists, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, hey, we got our list here. Why don't we uh, read them and compare them here a little bit? you
1: want to go ahead and start that? Uh, My uh, top film is Goodfellas from 1990. My top film from 1991 was Martin Fink. 92 was One False Move. 93 was A Perfect World. And 94 was Pulp Fiction for the top five of the uh, decade.
0: Okay, those are all... Great films, and I struggle with putting a couple of those on my list. Uh, the top five uh, for me, and uh, we we uh, ended up breaking these down by year um, for our decade list. So uh, mine's broken down the same way. 1990, I have uh, Misery for uh, Terminator Two, Unforgiven, Tombstone, and '94 is Interview with a Vampire.
1: Um, uh, I, I love misery. Uh, but of course, you know Goodfellas is my favorite film of all time. But my top question yeah. is uh, for the, the second for '91, Barton Fink and T2. Was T2 on your list more because of the impact it made on films altogether? Because Barton Fink is an awesome film, but it had no you know lasting impact on the film media as a whole. But T2 kind of like re. Uh, Redefined effects
0: for a movie. Is that why T2 is like the top film? I wasn't thinking of it in the the way that you framed it when I uh, put it on there. I put it on there because uh, I think it's a great film. Um, I think it's a, one of the best sequels ever made. Um, and, and yeah, you bring that up, it did have an impact on uh, on films and it, it being, in uh, the beginning of the decade, really used uh, pure effects uh, one of the first, uh, in, in that way. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: but, uh, yeah, not taking anything away from Martin Fink. That's, uh, I mean, that's a great film in and of itself. And, uh, we were talking earlier, um, about, uh, James Cameron, James Cameron films. And what did he do after Terminator 2 was, uh, True Lies, and then Titanic. Yeah. And then he, like, took a vacation or hiatus and made Avatar. And, uh, in my mind, Terminator Two is the last truly great film he has made. T Two
1: is a is it's an amazing film. It is one of the best films of the ninety. Uh, I do not disagree with that at all. Uh, but I, I like I think one of the things that even with Avatar, it seems like he forgot that first off you gotta concentrate on that story and that the T Two story is just so perfect and it just works so well. Um uh, True Lies is not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. And you know I hate Titanic with all my heart. So, you know, if he choose by the last great movie he made, I would agree with that wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah, I mean, i try to take it away from True Lies. True Lies is a fun adventure film. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, Terminator 2, uh, he totally forgot why Terminator 2 was great when he made Avatar. I mean, he totally forgot it. He just... Yeah. He was able to do anything he wanted with computers and create any world he wanted and he for he uh he fell into uh, what George Lucas fell into, I think, with uh, the Star Wars prequels. I can do anything I want with the uh computers, uh I'll let the effects speak and uh take with the story. I mean that's just what it seems like to me with that with Avatar. Right but, yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, so we went over our uh our top five and uh I know uh, Goodfellas, in your mind, it wasn't difficult at all, and that was definitely going to be on there. But were there any there in the top five that you were just, like, uh, struggling with uh, which film to put on there?
1: You know, there were some, like, 91. Uh, Once of the Science of the Lambs also came out that same year. And those are two amazing films. Uh, so th- those three really, really uh, wrestled in my mind, Um uh, I have some, like, movies on there that no one else probably liked, but, you know, uh, I enjoyed. Like, in 90, I have Total Recall on my uh, top ten list of that year, which uh, is an, it's an amazing film. I have Oscar in my 91 list, so that's a kind of a unusual one. And uh, 92 was uh, the year Man Bites Dog, and that is an amazing French film. Uh, the, the biggest one I had to debate over was what was going to be my number one of 93. 93, Joe, as you know, I'm sure on your list, that was a rough year to pick a number one. Two uh, Stone came out that year, True Old Man, The Name of the Father, so many great films. *Chronos* from de Terror. That was a rough year to pick.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I, uh, I had a rough time picking a 93 also, like a uh, – like you said, I was uh, struggling with uh, California came out that year also, uh, um, in a line of fire also, yeah. and uh, it, it was just, uh, by the time I looked up, like, wow, I made a uh, top five list of 93. And yeah. those were just off the top of my head without going back there and looking at the rest of what came out. And uh, I was just thinking, uh, well, i got to get to Tombstone because uh, Tombstone is a – I think it's a a great Western. It's highly entertaining, highly watchable. Mm -hmm. There there isn't a time when it's like, well, I just don't want to see it. It, If it's on, it's fun to watch. Uh, The acting is great. I think the set design is great. The costuming, I think, is great. And uh, the time around that film, uh, it was just a great time. I mean, uh, I think you and me and Jeremy went to see that at least twice. Um, I know I went to see it maybe four times in total, when it came out, I, I just thought it was that entertaining. But I ended up picking that for that reason. I think we touched on that a little bit in the '94 show that sometimes it is about what's happening around that movie and who you're with. Why?
1: Time and place is always very, very important. Uh, it amazes me, though. '93 was also the year of Schindler's List. And yeah. it, even though it was the best picture, best director, all that that year uh, for the Oscars. I couldn't even get into my top ten. I mean I could get my top ten but not in the top, the top five of that year. And that that shows how amazing of a year that is. But Schillers Us is an amazing film. Probably I would say the most important film of that year, uh has you know, because of the his- historical aspects of uh what it did. Uh but just for pure filmmaking, there's better movies out there that year, you
0: know. Yeah, I agree with you about Shillers' Us. That's that is a amazing movie. It it is very heavy subject matter. Obviously, is that it deals with is very deep, and very. But yeah, yeah, yeah I uh, got. <laughs> I, I I did think about putting that on there, but yeah, for that reason.
1: It's it, it's it's an amazing uh it's an amazing film uh, when I first saw it I uh, saw it with one of our friends, and through that whole entire movie he was asking me questions about. What I thought, though, I'm like, well, I'm trying to watch the movie, that that's the kind of movie it is. It just prompts you to want to ask things, and there's no more, you know, uh, about that time period. But, again,
0: best movie of the year is Perfect World for that year. Yeah, it's funny about Perfect World, I still have not seen that movie. <laughs> Well, it's one gotta, of those movies like that. I'll see, I'll see it on the shelf, you know, in the store, and like, well, I need to see that someday. I, I'm going to watch that. I have been doing that since it came out, really. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> just sometimes you just don't get to a movie. Yeah.
1: it's,
0: yeah, it's that- always, oh, I'm going to see it. No, not yet. No, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the ones
1: that they had to buy once it came out, so... Uh, we we'll
0: to sit down and watch it one day. <laughs> yeah, I guess we will. We will have to do that. I've heard good things about that that movie, and uh, yeah, that that was a, a ninety three. And uh, I mean, looking at ninety three list, you know the the other ones. You know, we've talked about some, but just looking at them, uh, there was still a lot that we haven't even talked about that came out in ninety three. That was great. That year was was really, really good. You had, yeah, yeah. You, you already mentioned uh, Kronos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you had, uh, obviously, the Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. Uh, you had, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Godzilla vs. Maggie Godzilla 2. You had Gettysburg. Yep. Yeah. Also, I mean, uh, just, and you could go on and on and on. I mean, uh, yeah, the fugitive it,
1: came out that year. The fugitive.
0: And The Fugitive, yeah, The Fugitive, uh, and um, I think we mentioned in the name of the father, uh, mm-hmm. Paul Ray, Matt, that uh, performance by um, Pete Pothwaite and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is just mesmerizing. Oh, they are. Amazing. I mean, they were, they were paired up. That was perfect, and they, they were awesome. They owned those roles, and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis has just continued to do that in almost everything he's in. Oh, yeah. Carlito's Way came up that year and so did In the Line of Fire, which is a great Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there again. Uh, there we go. Uh, oh, uh, I see we're up against a, a break here. We have time for our sponsors here. Are you tired of trekking through a dense forest, hacking and slashing and carving out a new trail, only to have your trusty machete dull quickly to the point of uselessness? Have you had enough of cutting away baby trees and thick brush only to have your machete rip in half mid-swing? Well, worry no more. The answer is finally here. The Voorhees Machete. That's right. The Voorhees Machete was forged and designed by the murdering psychopath Jason Voorhees himself. Mr. Voorhees knows how frustrating it is to try and cut through flesh and bone with a machete that dulls quickly and breaks in half. The Voorhees Machete! Order now! The first 100 orders will receive a Voorhees Machete that has been signed and personally tested by Jason Voorhees himself! The Voorhees Machete! Warning, the Voorhees Machete is not a toy and can sever your limbs and kill you. Please use the Voorhees Machete responsibly. Remember, only you can prevent accidental mismemberment. All right we're back here uh now we we're gonna go over our the second half of our list. why don't you go ahead and uh, read off the second half
1: all right uh for ninety five i have heat uh ninety six sling blade ninety seven l a Confidential. ninety eight a simple plan and for ninety nine fight club oh great yeah pretty good yeah it was a hard one
0: to do. <laughs> yeah. well, the, did you uh, think the uh, the second half was harder to do than the first half, or as a whole, was it all just hard? Yeah, that,
1: it was all fairly difficult to choose. Uh, I, I, I think the great films really rose to the top, though, in the first half of the year. There's a lot of great stuff in the second half, but, you know, some of my choices are, you know, like, for the second half, even for the, for the top ten, uh, or more movies that nobody saw that I saw that yeah, you know, I just enjoyed. Fight uh, Club was probably the easiest one to name. The hardest one to put, the hardest year for me to choose was 98, and that's because there's a lot of very good films, but there's only two or three great ones, and that was hard to put a top one on that one.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, I'll uh, read my half and then we'll talk about those. Uh, 95, I had Braveheart, uh, The Stendhal Syndrome for 96, uh, Lost Highway, Dark City, and for 99, Sleepy Hollow. Good last, it's good. What was yep. the worst year for you to choose? I went back and forth quite a bit on uh, 96. Ninety six was a rough one too. And uh, yeah, that was uh, I mean you had Bottle Rocket coming out in ninety six, uh that introduced us to uh Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. and uh, the uh Owen Wilson and uh his brother. Uh yeah, from Bestial Dong, the Frighteners, uh and and Fargo. You know,
1: well Frighteners didn't even make my top ten. Uh just for sentimental reasons, my my tenth movie was MST3K, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Was the thing that year, uh, but my, that, it was hard choosing tre- 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 between Sling Blade and Fargo. And my third one was also really hard. Uh, that's in the top one, which is Hard Eight, which was Paul Thomas Anderson's first film and still his yeah. best film.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so that 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 was, that was hard. But uh, Ninety Eight was really hard for me because, like I said, the. the There's a lot of cream there, but nothing really rose to the top for me at all. Uh, But I love A Simple Plan. Uh, My number two was Truman Show, and my third was your favorite, Dark City. Uh, Those are all great films, you know? It's hard Mm -hmm. to choose one over the other.
0: Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, looking back at 96, uh, the Sendall Syndrome was uh, a Dario Argento film. Mm -hmm. And... um, I, uh, we were discussing this earlier uh I what did he do after the Sindel Syndrome he did uh I mean Fantasy I think right opera. after that it was of the Opera mm-hmm. and uh to me the Family Opera was just so disappointing
1: yeah especially very,
0: very uh, especially coming from Argento and uh his uh movie Terror at the Opera which is essentially of the Opera but it, it's it's so much better than his own version yeah. and, and uh He's made a couple of decent things here and there after that, but I think that's the last great Argento film.
1: It is. Visually, it's, it's it's stunning to watch. The acting is really, really good in it. And it has a a, a nice little story in there. Because um, it, it kind of wears off what he usually does. And somehow when it gets to the end, it's back to being, you know, what Argento, Argento we've come to know and love, you know?
0: Yeah. He, he didn't... Uh... I think that was the time he made it, but he didn't care what other people were doing. He just did what he wanted to do, yeah. and then uh later on and uh he made he started making movies looking at what other people were doing and tried to imitate those, and he did that with the card player which yeah. you know that that was like he he said that's that's my episode of c s i or something like that. I was like i yeah. want to make it a real i don't care that you i like what you do because you don't care what anybody else is doing. you just do what you want to do. Yeah, and I think that's the. I think that's the last movie he's done that on. And, and like you said, it is stunning. It, it is uh It's when it's to Argento.
1: Yeah, it's 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 classic Argento, especially that second half of the movie with uh, Asia. It has a lot of shades of uh, the bird of the crystal plumage. Yeah, it's because of the girl who's attacked and becomes a serial killer because she was attacked. Kind of a way I say, that's a as Asia's character in the second half of that film, uh, but more prominent on her. There's not that mystery, you know? hmm But uh, I, I enjoy Sindal. Um, there's a lot... Is there anything that you see on, in those years that you like that you think no one else would expect that you like that movie?
0: Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Braveheart, but everything else that I put on there is... Uh, I mean, Stendhal is Argento. It's horror. Uh, Lost Highway* is uh, David Lynch. It's dark. It's moody.
1: Yeah. It's
0: uh, a brooding thing. Uh, dark City is a... Uh, it's pretty of it, 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 it is. It, it, it's visually stunning in and, yeah. and its own right and uh, is a great piece of science fiction that I think is a bit uh, underrated. Uh, mm-hmm. And Sleepy Hollow, of course, is Tim Burton. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. I like Sleepy Hollow. It. One of the reasons I picked that also is uh, it really reminds me of uh, some of the classic uh, Hammer films. And yeah, It was yeah. just like, just like he made that movie, and uh, he made a Hammer film, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just think he was so on when he made that movie. And you know, there, there's movies he's made where it's like, was he awake when he made that movie? What is that? And, yeah. Uh, Especially in the past decade, a couple of things that he's made. Probably a few things he's made in the past decade. But Sleepy Hollow, it was just like everything came together and he was just on. So I, I don't know. I think maybe the, if you didn't know me, maybe Braveheart may, be, may surprise some people. I'm, I'm not really sure that it does, though.
1: <laughs> Braveheart has that great gore in it, and those great battle scenes, which, you know, if I know you, so I know you would love that. Uh, you know, I, I look at my list and I look at all those movies that came out, like I said, I think the hardest year for me was '98, uh, but those other years have some some amazing movies in them. Like '97 had Butcher Boy, which I adore. It also had it In the Company of Men, which uh, I remember when we saw that uh, at the theaters. And uh, at the end of the movie, I started yelling, "He was evil! He's evil! He's evil!" And that guy behind us, said that he wanted to hit that son of a bitch. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have got
0: to get such a room to get yeah, that, for you. Was a, that. In a couple of minutes, that was a great film too. And it was uh it was rough.
1: Yeah. But it was, it was a well
0: yeah. a well done film and uh, yeah, like you're saying, that was uh that that was a tough year. And I was looking at this, we were talking about some great films of the night, but 90s also had some stinkers. Oh, um uh, I think we were discussing this earlier. Well what do you think would be probably your top worst film of the entire decade that you saw in uh. the theater?
1: The top worst when I saw the theaters was uh Island of Dr. Moreau with uh, Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. That that was a horrible, horrible, horrible movie. Uh, bad acting, bad directing, bad writing. It just I don't know. It was. It looked like it was done by a cast of mentally handicapped people. I swear.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would agree that that was terrible, and uh, it that uh, is an example of the uh, studio. Messing up uh, some stuff there because uh, the director was fired midstream, you know, mid-shooting. Uh, Val Kimmer, uh, according to reports, was causing trouble on the set. He was actually recast in the film, but he was he stayed on the film. Um, it's uh, That was a big mess. And, and yeah, I'd agree. That, that probably worse And uh, this was really, really sad because uh, I love Godzilla so much. Uh, it's probably a worse movie than the... 98
1: Godzilla movie. Yeah, Godzilla was totally, it was really horrible, too. I, I, one of the things I feel, though, is, like, when I watch a low-budget movie that's horrible, I can almost excuse it because it's so low-budget, that they didn't have the money or the time to do what they properly wanted it to do. Those a movie like don't not Dr. Morrow and Godzilla, those movies cost, like, hundreds of millions of dollars at the t- finest amount they can possibly get, and they still pull crap out of their butt.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's uh, they had they had the money, they had, uh, they had they had the time, they had they had the uh, talent. Yeah. But there are talented people involved in both of those films. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. Val Kilmer just came off of uh, Tombstone. He turned in an excellent performance mm-hmm. in uh, in Tombstone, and uh, you had of course you had Brando. Yeah. Uh, David Thewlis is not bad himself, and he was in that. Uh, you yeah, had, uh, what, what? wasn't Stan Winston involved in uh, creature makeup, design, and whatnot?
1: Stan Winston was involved in the uh, creature makeup. And like I said, David zulas he is the best part of that movie. Yeah. He's he top-notch in it, but it, it's, a, it's a diamond in turd, you know.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the same thing with Godzilla. If I were to have to pick number two, I, I probably would go ahead and pick Godzilla because that had uh, – the, the computer effects they had, the, the monster computer effect wise looks great. The design is horrible.
1: Yeah. So and what, what they amazing, had. Wait,
0: I'm sorry. No, you go. Go ahead.
1: What amazes me about Godzilla over Ion Dr. Moreau though is that Godzilla made a crap load of money. It made enough money that if probably warranted a sequel in the minds of studio execs, somehow, some way, but at least people were smart enough to stay away from that crap that is Ion Dr. Moreau.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, if, if we had to pick three, uh, I might pick Batman and Robin as three. <laughs> that's,
1: that's a good choice. Again, uh, you know how much I hate Camp Nowhere.
0: Uh, oh hey, yeah, one, Camp, uh, Camp Nowhere. How much you uh, enjoy going to see that? Yeah, it's it's a
1: low budget movie. It has a bunch of unknown people in it, but it has to take movies like Batman and Robin and Godzilla and Iron Man and roll and Close for One. They had the finest cast that money could buy in all three of those movies. I'm um, not maybe Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe Schumacher makes great films sometimes. He made Falling Down, which is a fabulous movie of the '90s. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, John Frankenheimer—he
0: makes good movies every once in a while.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, hey,
0: uh, we're we'll The '90s was huge, and uh, it's uh, too big for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna to have to cut that here, but uh yeah, the nineties is great. We think it was a stellar uh, decade and uh hopefully uh you know, it got you thinking about the nineties and maybe some of the movies you saw in the nineties coming up and uh they should go back and revisit some of these. Hopefully we've touched on some movies you haven't seen or haven't heard of or have always wondered, should I see that? I don't know. If I should, well, Go ahead and uh, take a look at the 90s, uh, because that was a stellar uh, decade of films. And uh, we will see you next week, same time. All right. Joe Diesel signing off.